You are now rocking with the Bunt, the greatest podcast in the world. Brought to you by the greatest shoes in the world. It's Vans, baby. Well, there is a new viral trend that will put your sneakers to the test. Someone posted on Twitter that no matter how you throw them, they'll always land right side up. <laughs> and it ain't even close. This week, it's all about Vans Versa introducing the checkerboard for spring. Vans is expanding the Versa Q-Zip offering, introducing a mock neck silhouette to complement the Versa hoodie's subtle technical benefits. The Versa Q-Zip brings purposeful innovation into a classic fleece design that embraces timeless style and skateboard functionality all in one. Pro-built with a super durable fleece fabric construction, the Versa Q-Zip features a storm cotton finish to repel water and keep you dry. The Versa Q-Zip's new checkerboard details line the fleece's sleeves and interior collar, injecting Vans off-the-wall aesthetic into this franchise staple. Reggie, have you seen the forecast? Spring is around the corner, aka time for that spring cleaning. Out with the old, in with the new. Vans, you know I need a box of them Versa Q-Zips. Let's go. The latest Versa Q-Zip styles are available now. To learn more about the Versa and where to purchase, visit vans.ca slash skate. Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. The Bunt, episode nine, season eight. You know what time it is. Stressful times here in Studio E. The fantasy basketball playoffs have officially begun, but fuck all that for now. Yo, I'm D Jones. <laughs> uh, rewind that back. I'm the ghost. I got D Jones here with me, and as always, Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still, still. Like you said, fantasy basketball playoffs have begun, and you are listening to two league winners of the regular season who respectfully decline their invitation to the White House, baby. <laughs> it's more than beautiful enough here in Studio E, and we're staying here. This week, we got Silas Baxter Neal in the building. Such a G. Happy to have him here. And then it's over to the post office answering all your questions, rumors of a video or something. I don't know. We'll get to that. And then it's on to the rundown, baby. AB has found himself a new home down there in Las Vegas, is it? Or they got another year in Oakland? Who knows, man? <laughs> He's on his way out of Pittsburgh, and that's all that matters, baby. Yo, don't forget to follow your boys on Instagram, at The Bunt Live. Holler on Facebook, at The Bunt, and send in your emails and voice notes to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Speaking of the email, you know what time it is, baby. It's week nine, and we're giving away another box, man. That's nine straight weeks. Shouts to CHPO brand for hooking us up all season long. They killing it, baby. How's your wrist looking? Reggie, I'm straight flossing right now. You heard me? <laughs> Catching bear eyes in the streets. <laughs> So this week, the contest is simple, man. You head over to at CHPO brand on Instagram. You will find a photo of the Nuge. He's sipping a little drink. You tell us what he's sipping on, and a box is headed your way. Here's a little hint. It's Sweden's premium drink. You know we love it premium over here at the Bunt. 
and this week we got a little bonus. You tell us what location he's drinking in, and you get in two boxes. Shouts to CHPO brand. Two boxes? Yo, I might have to enter this contest. God damn, CHPO hooking it up as usual. Good luck to all you listeners, because I'm entering this one. You heard? <laughs> so like we said, we got Silas Baxter Neal in the building. True legend, Habitat man, Adidas man. Y'all know who he is. Former Sodi. It was only a matter of time. Ain't that the truth? All right, D. Jones, or should I call you the ghost? We've heard enough of your ass. You know what time it is. Let me crack a fucking green can, you heard? Fucking Steve Whistle all day. Canada's premium pilsner. The only buzz. Silas in the building. How's your day going so far? It's pretty good. Not bad for a Thursday? Not bad for a Thursday morning, no. <laughs> Just did the breakfast and dropped the kids off of school and was writing some emails. Business as usual. Yeah. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite sports moment and your favorite skate moment. Favorite sports moment? Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I don't like follow a lot of sports, but um, I go to Blazers basketball games. And oh, yeah. Yes. I went with my son a couple years ago, and like their mascot is this timber cat named Blaze, and he like stood half court and did like behind his back shot from half court and made it. So that was pretty fucking exciting. My kid, my kid was stoked on it. So it's like uh, it's a sports moment. How do you feel about your Blazers this season? I think they're doing pretty good. Actually, I'm gonna go to a game tonight. See how see how. No way! What? Oklahoma. That's a huge game. Yeah, Damian Lillard. Good. Don't you have Damian Lillard on I your got fantasy Damian team? Lillard. Man, it's Dame time. Yeah, he's tight. He's an Adidas man, too. Yeah. And um, the kid I film with all the time, he films the Blazers. Like, that's his job. So he's, like, on, on court all the time now, too. So what? it's cool to see him down there. Man, my favorite player in the NBA is on that team. Yusuf Nurchich, the Bosnian yeah. beast. He's tight. He's I love that funny guy. looking, but he's tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Stumptown, that coffee company, just did, like, a, a commercial with him. Do you see that? No. You have to I check it out. They it's just like um, it's an online one, but if you if you search like Stumptown Coffee and Yusuf, you'll you'll see it. It's pretty funny. I'm gonna look that up. I he love like that requested guy. it too. He like contacted Stumptown and wanted to do a commercial with them, and it's like <laughs> this, it's kind of cheesy and silly, but it's really cool. That's dope. Yeah, Sick. and then I guess favorite skate moment. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess like I, I'll say like a video part. I guess like uh, like Jerry Sue's part in Bag of Suck was like a pretty. When that video part came out, I was paying a lot of attention to videos, and just that part mm-hmm. was so epic and amazing that it was like inspirational to see that so maybe his part is an epic skate moment hell yeah no doubt instant yeah. classic so tell us where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating uh i grew up in eugene oregon and just got into it like you know my old brother and his buddy skated and just trying to tag along and follow him down to the schoolyard and skate around so we heard you came up kind of off the grid how long was it before you had a social security number <laughs> I was I was born in Washington in like uh, kind of like a dropout hippie community, and we had like we lived in a house with like no electricity or any water, wow. but um, I I moved to Eugene when I was four, so I moved into which was considered a city compared to what we were used to, you know, but a small town. Yeah. And I grew up there, and then when I was thirteen, our family was trying to do like a family trip to Costa Rica. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you don't have a birth certificate or a passport or any of that stuff. <laughs> and I was like, so I had to, like, apply for one when I was, like, 13. 
which is kind of funny. It's like a delayed. And I think, I think the reason I mean, what my parents told me was that like, uh, I was born at home with like a midwife. And at the time in 1983, like, uh, it was illegal to have home births with midwives. And so oh. they never like filed the paperwork and the law changed and then they just never filed the paperwork. So oh. it just took a while for it to happen. So you're saying, uh, you came up uh, Rajneeshi? <laughs> Bhagwan's your your boy or what? No, not quite like that. We weren't like in a commune. It was just like, <laughs> it was like an area where a bunch of hippies lived and there was like a co-op. And I mean, we didn't live like in like one area all confined and ruled together by a way of thought or anything like that. It wasn't a cult, that's for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure I probably grew up with a lot of Rajneesh kids and stuff like that without knowing it. That was like... You know, I think a lot of those people after that happened, they all moved to Eugene or that area because Eugene's a pretty like liberal hippie town. And so I think that people right. probably after they shut all that down, they probably moved to Eugene. So. Crazy. It was pretty crazy watching that documentary. Like just, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like I kind of knew a little bit about it just from like hearing stories, but just like the detail of it is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. And, nuts. and for you, like growing up, not even that far from it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That Oregon's was... a weird place. <laughs> so what was your first big break? Going from uh, the Rajneesh commune, how, what was your first big break in the skate industry? Well, I, I like rode for like a local shop and then ended up getting like uh, Powell boards through the shop, like through the rep there, like rep flow. And then like um, Powell came through and did a demo in Eugene and then um, brought me along on like the rest of the tour and we like went down to, through San, San Francisco down to San Jose. And I like, skated all the demos with them along the way and then... Um, so that was my first time, like, in the van with, and, like, hanging out with pro skaters and kind of getting a chance. And then from there, I went on a couple of Powell trips for a couple of years. So that was my, Powell was my big break. Hell yeah. What was it like being in the van for the first time, man? Usually it's, like, kind of like a tryout session to see if you can get down with all the homies. Uh, yeah, I don't think I got down with anybody. I was super quiet. I was probably, like, <laughs> 15 or 16. Just, um, I think that I was just, like, really intimidated and scared, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of hid in the back seat, but it was cool. It was awesome. Like, um, Javier Sarmiento was on that trip and like, what? Was, like, he's like, I just remember being so blown away watching him skate. He was like doing like no slide then he like nollied a no slide and then like, do late front foot kick flips. And I just was Oof. like, didn't understand that that was a possibility. Like on a skateboard <laughs> and just like watching him skate. He's so perfect. And he always has yeah. been. It was just like pretty epic watching him skate. So I'm pretty blown mm-hmm. away. Then we go to demos and I try and like do a melon grab off like the biggest quarter pipe or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was like it guy. was. A, I, I I didn't really. I was definitely like in awe and starstruck for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the most butter guys there is, man. That frontside flip is like taking over social media. Yeah, is one over the hip and one of the old yeah. Europe tour videos. Yeah, Oof. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was I, later on. I rode for S with him and. uh we were in Dubai on some crazy trip and we were doing a demo and he was like, he's like, you got to bail the tricks to get the crowd hype. And he's like trying to front side flip over this like rail, like off of a bump over a rail. And he's just like kicking him out, kicking him out. And then he like does it. He's like, all right, I got it right here. And he like does it perfect. <laughs> like, he's got to oh. build it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Genius. Can't do everything yeah. first try or else. Dude, he's amazing. He's like such a le- like wizard on a skateboard legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to see him skate one S demo. I think maybe it was before you were on, but they came through Toronto with TX. And, uh, yeah, he was doing some shit we'd never really seen. Back to 70 tails, like, across Jeez. bump to ledges and stuff. Yeah, uh, those two together are, like, a pretty crazy combo. They're both, like, oh, yeah. so um, precise and, like, technical, and they can just kind of 
it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Watching them skate flat ground, it's like my tricks never sound like that. Like the way that the tail pops and like <laughs> yeah. the flick, you know, like and it's the just, catch. But you hear exactly. the catch. Totally. I, I, I don't think my flat ground ever sounds like that. <laughs> it's all good. Ours either. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about Slice, the graffiti artist? Just dumb shit being a kid and like getting into... I think that like I, bro- I broke my foot and was out of the like couldn't skate for like six months seven months and then was like so obsessed with skating that like not being able to skate and hanging out with like skaters sucked so I started hanging out with like other kids and mm. a lot of them like break dancer like hip-hop kids graffiti mm. kids and so I got kind of into that for a little while and um liked writing graffiti for a little while but uh soon realized that it was just like getting me into trouble and then once I started skating again it just was like uh, didn't really have time for it. <laughs> so just a quick little phase to get you through the injury? Yeah. Pass yeah. time without being like yeah. missing skating as much? Basically, yeah. Are there still some slice tags in, uh, mm, in Oregon? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. It's a long time ago. That was like 18 years ago or something. Damn. That's pretty G. If we're ever there, we'll make sure we keep our eye out. Definitely. Take a look for them. <laughs> so fast forwarding a bit. How did you get in with the Habitat Squad? Um, so I had moved down to San Francisco and was still riding for Powell, but like uh, they weren't really trying to do a whole lot. Um, I was running out of money and they didn't weren't really trying to like pay me or do much with me or like do trips or anything like that. So I was like kind of just looking around a little bit. And then I was in San Francisco and met Brendan Conroy, who was the team manager at the time and still is the team manager. And um, just uh, skated with him once or twice and then he saw some footage and started giving me boards. And then uh, I ran out of money and went to move to Denver. And then Habitat got kind of worried that I was just going to like disappear. So they put me on and started paying me a little bit. <laughs> That's always dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it worked out. Trying to secure the investment, man. Yeah. So speaking of Brennan, how long did it take for you and Brennan Conroy to become friends? We hear it was a tense relationship to begin with. Oh, I don't know, it probably took 10 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, we lived together several times. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really until, yeah, maybe 10 years. Pretty much till I started living back in Portland. He was living in Portland. Or actually, when he moved back to Portland and he started, like, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that, I started seeing the other side of him a little bit. And he mellowed out a lot, too. Like, just he just was just kind of a harsh dude. He says what he wants, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't have a whole lot of filters. And I didn't really... I hadn't really experienced somebody like that before, so I just, like, would get my feelings hurt a lot with the shit he said, and... I don't know. It was it was all for the best, though. Honestly, like, his his attitude and the way he, like, treated me and pushed me and stuff like that, it, it kind of created a lot of the skating that happened, you know? Like, sometimes he would, like, put his camera away, be like, oh, you can't do this shit, and put the camera away, <laughs> and then make me, like, want to land the trick more because of it. I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or whatever, but it definitely, like, had that effect. Yeah. So... Unnecessary evil... Yeah, I love him, but I hated him for a long time too. <laughs> Ten years, yeah. It's but, yeah, so. I, but I mean, I, I mean, I owe everything to him too. At the same time, like through that whole time period, he like we he was the only person I filmed with, and he would like take me to spots. And I don't think I like hated him like that, but he just like would piss me off all the time. He just he's an interesting character um, for sure. So mm-hmm. we met him, but you said he mellowed out. So I feel like maybe we met the mellow version. Yeah, yeah you probably did. Nice he just, guy. He, he just was a little more opinionated before, and like had no problem telling you how he felt. I guess if if it helped turn you into the uh, successful pro you are today, then it was all for the best. Yeah, I think it helped out. We heard something about a guitar and some piss. Maybe you want to tell us that story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we lived together in San Francisco, and he was learning how to play the guitar, and 
it was pretty obnoxious. And he would like, play in the morning, and he'd be like, didn't play quietly. He just would play like loud all the time. And then so he was out of town, and we were at the house and drinking, and I don't know. We were just talking sh- about him and getting pissed off, and <laughs> just like, oh man, he said this shit. Oh fuck that dude, kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And then I went to go take a piss and walk by his room, and I saw his guitar laying there. And decided that it would be a good idea to, like, pee inside the guitar. <laughs> so I did that and then felt kind of bad. So I, like, poured it all out in the in the bathtub and then just, like, put it back in his room as if nothing happened. <laughs> and then, like, a couple weeks later, I was, like, on a trip and I came back from a trip and he picked me up from the airport with Guru. And it was, like, one of the first times I, met, I had met Guru, too. And they were in the front seat and I was in the back seat. And we're just driving back from the airport kind of quiet. And he's, like, so... I heard you pissed my guitar. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, and I apologize. And, and then uh, Stefan was at our house like a couple days later, and he like saw it, and he's like, man, you pissing this thing? And he just like chucked it off the balcony and just shattered into it. The- <laughs> wow. It's probably the, the best thing for it, you know. Yeah, just yeah. get it out of there. Wow. Yeah, Constant reminder of what happened. And then after after I won Sodi, I bought him a guitar, so I made it wow. for him. There you go. A nice guitar. Yeah. Very nice. I assumed... We didn't get the details on that story. I assumed it was the other way around. Yeah, that's what I, I first thought, thought. He pissed in your guitar, but I guess you're fighting fire with fire. No, I don't play guitar, and I was the, yeah, I was the one that was angry at him. <laughs> Reached your breaking point, eh? Yeah. So as a youngin coming up, we heard you may have rode for the legendary Xavier Shoes. Xavier, yeah. Xavier. Uh, yeah, so kind of towards the end of their thing, they were just flowing me shoes. They were out of Portland, so I knew some of the people that worked there. My guest used was like somebody I knew before, and he was hooking people up. And then towards the end, I actually got like a little like photo incentive contract, and I kind of was like on their like AM team, I guess. But that was like for a couple of months before they went out of business. So mm-hmm. I mean, I rode their shoes for a long time, but didn't actually like get fully hooked up with them kind of until right before they went under. Damn. But it was cool. I mean, it was like it was a it was a really cool squad of people and. Um, everybody involved working there was really awesome. That's where the Nike Park now is actually where their office was, and there was a skate park in there originally too. So wow. we always could come up and skate the park up there and stuff. It was cool. Sick. So BA just switched from one to the next, keeping the same warehouse? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because after Savio went under and he got a Nike, they did all those like crazy photos, remember? And he had like yeah. some big handle yeah. on the side of a building. That's like the skate park that where Savio was. So he, he didn't even leave the office to shoot his ad yeah. <laughs> that's dope i always I always have a soft spot when that brand comes up i used to love oh yeah like their ads are always at the back of mags some ba bangers yeah it was a cool crew of dudes too it was like stefan right when he was coming out like rattray staba danny supa right he was on too yeah, yeah. ba yeah it was a cool group of people that's dope fuck you caught the tail end of it yeah <laughs> that's cool so from then, I don't know if you, you went to S for a bit, but how much of a game changer was it getting on Adidas? Seems like they have the team like flying around the world nonstop. How crazy was it getting on Adidas for you? It was cool. It was like a, a hard decision to make. I was pretty stoked being at S and, and like being part of that like legacy of S shoes. And the team was pretty cool people. I love Scuba. He was like super fun to travel with and be around. And then getting on... Adidas, I mean, it was early on in the program, and it wasn't definitely, like, wasn't, like, the away days to use Adidas, but um, it was cool. We we just did all those, like, campaign trips, you know what I mean, which were, we just go to a city and then skate the whole team in one town, and that was kind of a, a foreign concept to me, because I was used to, like, you go on a trip, and then, like, you save your best stuff for a bigger project, you know? Right. And the way they did it, they just, everything you got went into, like, an edit, you know what I mean? Which is kind of how people do it nowadays, but it wasn't 
done as much back then. And so it was really fun, you know, like we had this really different group of skaters and we would be in some really awesome city and then everyone would just go to a spot and just instead of like trying like the hardest trick you can possibly do there, it was just like you would just skate it and see how much footage you can get. So mm-hmm. it was it was fun. It was super fun. And some, those, those first trips were really epic and awesome. And like, yeah, it was cool. And it was pretty small then too. I mean, there was only like, I think like less than eight people in the office at Adidas. And then they had like Juice, which was like the people that did all like the ad agency. And there's probably like four or five there. And then the team is kind of small too. So it was a lot smaller than what it is now. So it, it didn't feel as like big company, like I guess. Right, right. Yeah. I remember those early edits were, were so sick and fun to watch. Cause it, yeah, it's like you said, all the good stuff was in there. You guys went to Montreal. That's the one that I remember mm-hmm. the most and like, uh, Chuck had some clips in the in the edit. Yeah. Uh, Booznitz. What's the UK homie? I think he was there. Chewy. No, the other one. Nolly Heel, the triple. Oh, Benny. Yeah. Benny Fairfax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was there. sick. I forgot about that. How you guys would kind of just go from city to city, but actually stay there for a few weeks. Yeah, and then Juice did such an awesome thing with like the aesthetics of it, with all the intros and stuff, like the way they did. Especially the Montreal one with like all the subway shots yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It was just it was always very like easy to watch and entertaining. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, Adidas has some of my favorite. Like to this day, anytime you guys put out like a an edit, they're they're done so well. Or yeah. like a, a video part welcoming Sick. guys to the team and stuff. That's awesome to hear. Yo, D Jones, let me take a little sec to tell the people what's coming up with our good friends at Brixton. Brixton is proud to team up with the Independent Truck Company on a special capsule collection. The Brixton and Independent Friendly Union draws inspiration from Indy's history in skateboarding alongside Brixton's timeless aesthetic. Each product is uniquely designed by both brands, including custom apparel, headwear, and accessories featuring Brixton and Independent artwork. Photographer and filmmaker Tobin Yellen created the Friendly Union lookbook with shared Brixton and independent ambassadors. Tobin has deep roots in skateboarding's visual history and has been capturing iconic images for the past three decades. The lookbook was shot in Los Angeles with Kenny Anderson, Dolan Stearns, and Justin Henry. And you know what all this means for the people? We heading to Montreal. Join us Wednesday, March 20th at the Letter Bet in Montreal, 4919 Notre Dame Street West from 7 to 10 p.m. as we help our friends at Brixton and Independent celebrate the launch of the Friendly Union Capsule Collection. With free drinks, a Tobin Yellen print exhibition, and appearances by Tobin and select Brixton riders, ride the best, F you the rest. Montreal, see y'all soon, you heard? So they gave you a shoe a while back in your wildest dreams as a young skater did you ever think that you would have your own shoe on a brand like adidas uh what was that like no i mean that was like pretty pretty amazing like i, I totally didn't expect it ever as a kid or like even after i got on you know what i mean it was kind of something that uh yeah it was epic it was like to, to have your name on an adidas shoe i mean it's like such a rare situation you know what i mean and and then also just like to be able to be involved in the design process and just like to see how shoes are made and they actually like flew me out to germany where they have like their archives of everything and i was able to like see all the old stuff and it was just it was a wow. cool process they really like pampered me during that first sh- shoe creation time and like really showed me that how cool it was to make a shoe super stoked 
Getting pampered by Adidas must be nice. <laughs> Some next level pampering. Feel lucky for sure. Some Dame Willard pampering, man. Maybe not quite like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that your grandkids, like that's something just forever for the family. Like my dad, my granddad had his name on an Adidas shoe. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saved a bunch of the first ones. I saved a bunch of the shoes actually. So they'll be in the closet till they deteriorate. <laughs> So speaking of all the traveling you do with Adidas, what are your top three favorite cities and why? I mean, Barcelona, Spain in general is like the best place to go skateboard because there's just endless places to go skate and it's got like fun nightlife and it's relaxed. It's like a relaxed city, you know, like there's lots of people are just pretty mellow for the most part. And so mm-hmm. you can get good coffee and food and beer and all that stuff easily. So Barcelona, of course, although it's the, the cheesy answer. Yeah, you can get those beers out of the sewers that they're selling at night, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Some of those places are gross as hell, but... And the, the beer guys hide them all over the place, too. Yeah. Sexy beer, sexy beer. Totally. Um, next city... I don't know, I always think about, like, recent trips. Like, I just went to Istanbul, and it was, like, an awesome trip, and there was tons of rad stuff to skate, and it was, like, a cool group of dudes, so that was a really fun trip, but that was, like, kind of the last one I went on, so maybe my feelings will change over time, but that was... It was like a, a place I didn't expect much from and hadn't really seen much from. So like it was, I, it had that like, I don't know that like when you first start traveling and you don't know what to expect and everything's kind of like an adventure, it kind of had that feeling to it. Oh, so nice. I like going there a lot. Uh, another one, huh? You know, I always have like a good time in Australia skating just cause it's like kind of like California. There's tons of really good spots and it's easy to get around. And like Sydney's a pretty, or Melbourne's actually a cooler city. I like Melbourne a lot. And it's a fun city to skate around downtown. Um, I think those are, like, my favorite skate cities. I like going to Japan a lot just because, like, the culture there is really cool and the food's really good and it's, like, an interesting place. So, like, as far as... But the skating, like, I wouldn't say Tokyo because Tokyo kind of sucks for skating and the bigger cities kind of suck. But you can go to, like, smaller towns and go to find better stuff to skate. So take us behind the scenes on the 50-50, gap to 50-50. Mm-hmm. One of the most fucked up tricks we've ever seen at its time. <laughs> I'm sure you've answered this question before, but... We'd love to hear yeah, some insight on the battle. Uh, so, the story goes. <laughs> um, I, I found that it's, the spot's actually like in my neighborhood, and I found it when my son was a couple years old, and he was still like taking naps. And so, he wouldn't like if you got home with him, he wouldn't take a nap at the house. So we would, I would just drive around the neighborhood, trying to get him to fall asleep in the car, and that's how I found that double set. It was it was nearby? It's at a church, kind of tucked away in the neighborhoods. And I just thought of it as like a big double set or like a gap trail or something like that. And then shout out to Brennan. And Brennan was, was like, man, you got, that's like a grind to grind. You could do that shit. <laughs> and so like that kind of like sparked the thought in my head. And then I started uh, just kind of, since it was near my house, I would drive by it all the time. And then think about it and think about it. And still like the idea of doing it was still like, I, I didn't think that it was totally possible. I thought that it might be, but I wasn't sure. And. And then I kind of just took, like, John Holland and those guys came up for the Transla video. And so we were, like, skating around Portland. And Brian was there, too. And Brian was like, man, if you're not going to grind that thing, I'm going to fly Mark Suchu out here. And he's going to come up and grind it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. So when those guys were here, we went to it. And I, like, jumped on it a couple times the first night just to kind of test it out, see what it felt like, just grind the first rail. And it's, like, pretty mellow. So you were able to, like, jump up on it and stand on it for a second and then bail. It wasn't like you just shot out. And then that kind of made me realize it was possible. It was getting dark at that time. So we came back the next day and skated for like maybe an hour or something like that. Um, 
it didn't take a, a super long time. It just took a while to get the confidence up to like grind and then ollie. And then there was a couple like hairball falls where I, like I hung up on the rail or got in crooked and then just flew down the other set. But, um, but yeah, it worked out somehow. I was stoked. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the, the the attempts are somewhere so like they're yeah. online or something. Yeah, Transil did a little thing so like all crazy. The, some of the tries. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean. It was it's pretty made pretty good for it the way that it lines up and like the height of them and stuff like that. And I've been kind of trying to find like another one to try and maybe do something <laughs> else on, like maybe grind to something else. Yeah. But it's hard yeah, to yeah. find. It's hard to find one that's like mellow enough where you can all up on it and grind it and, and then and have a second to jump yeah, into the next one. Yeah. Exactly. Unless it's like a really big rail and that gets to be really scary, you know. So. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to your son for sparking that new trend. Yeah, I'm, thanks, s- I'm seeing, <laughs> seeing. Yeah, now, uh, dude, now people pretty, are doing them. It's pretty awesome. I, I always, I mean, like after I did it, I figured that other people would start doing them, but it took a couple of years. But now people, are, I mean, that one Zion did. What do you do? Like fifty fifty to back Smith, maybe or back five yeah. zero. I think he did. Or both. Maybe, maybe both. He definitely did back Smith. You see that in one of his new parts, and then the other crazy one was. Um, Someone on Foundation in the Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Wheels, front blunt, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Dakota uh, maybe did that. Dakota Servo, yeah, 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 that yeah. was nuts, too. Yeah, that was crazy. But that was all thanks to, did you say his name's Milo? Milo, yeah, that's my son's All thanks to him. Thanks to Milo. <laughs> that's what's up. Actually, thanks to Gons. He, he, like, tried one a long time ago in that real video, kicked out of everywhere. It was, like, a rail and a kink and then, like, another rail. And he, like, there's just a really quick clip of him trying it and he, like, grinds and just, like, flies. <laughs> He, like, hits the kink and just, like, flies down to those set of stairs, and that was it. But you're like, damn, it's possible. Yeah. You saw that, and that, that inspired you? I don't know if, it, I, don't know if I, like, when I saw that, I wasn't like, I'm going to do this, but it was in my head somewhere. And when I started trying it, that's what I thought of when I was trying it. I was like, oh, yeah, Gons did one of these things. Almost did one of them. Or tried, yeah. I guess. So we hear you once flipped your car. What happened with that? I heard it's the nightmare story that, like, people tell you about, but... You yeah, it wasn't it, possible. It could have been a lot worse. It definitely could have been a lot worse. We weren't going like super fast, so it was all right. Uh, me and my buddy went fishing in the morning and like left before light came up, and the roads were all like frosty, but not like icy, you know, just like from frozen dew. And we and then we were fishing for a while, and the sun came out, and the, it got nice, you know, all the dew, all the frost melted away. And it was kind of warm, but we were like in the mountainous area, so there's like areas where it's like the roads in a valley, so it, like the road won't ever see sunlight because it's like winter time, you know. Mm-hmm. And the sun's lower, and so we were driving from like one fishing spot to the next, and like come around a corner, and didn't realize it was like all the frost had melt melted and then refroze on the road, and so we came around the corner, hit black ice, spun sideways, and then when I hit dry pavement, my tires were still was like spinning, so um, I like. My car drove up the side of the road, which was really steep, and then it just like kind of like slowly rolled, crumpled around. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were able to tell. What, like by the time we started rolling, we were going slow enough where we were able to like brace ourselves for it and like realize that we we're about to flip and shit. So mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy. Like the whole ceiling, we ended up upside down. Like everything in my car, like every compartment, everything opened up, and there's just like a pile of garbage on my ceiling of my car. And <laughs> we had our dogs in there. My dog got a fishing hook in his lip. Damn. Oh. We had to, like, crawl out our broken window. It was pretty crazy. But we were okay. We weren't going super fast. No one got hurt. The car got totaled. It kind of sucked. I had to pretty much, like, say goodbye to my car, like, at, on the spot. The, yeah. the tow truck guy was like, just grab everything out of your car that you want, and then you're never going to see this car again. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
And then we were like stuck out on the coast because that's where we were fishing at. And then it was like kind of icy on the roads and snow and wanted to come pick us up. So it was like really hard to get back home from there Jesus. too. So we're like, finally, actually Brendan came and picked me up. He had like a, he had had a flat tire and he had like one of those donut tires on. It's yeah. kind of funny. We called another friend who had like a big four wheel drive pickup truck. And he's like, I don't want to drive in the ice over the hills. And then Brennan drove in his like Camry <laughs> with a donut. And I was like, fuck yeah, Brennan, you rule. <laughs> this was past the tension. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was years past the tension. <laughs> Brennan to the rescue. Yep, yep, Brennan to the rescue. So you're one of those can't stop, won't stop guys. You keep <laughs> pumping out video part after video part, and they're always the best. Looking back, which was your favorite video part to film and why? I think that Inhabitants is my favorite video part just because it's like that time period was pretty golden. It was like, you know, early stages of my skateboard career and traveling to a lot of places for the first time. Really like it was really the first major video part project I've really worked on and like um, working with Brennan, although we didn't really get along all the time so well at that time period. Like <laughs> it, he put a lot of focus on me, you know what I mean? And like so he... He knew how I skated. We had like a good relationship where he like, we had a good filming relationship where he knew the kind of stuff I wanted to skate, knew what I was capable of, and then like also knew where the spots were. And so we went on a lot of missions and we went to really a lot of great spots. And like, it was nice having that like individual attention too from a filmer, you know, which you don't always get. So, yeah. And then, yeah. And then if, like when I do watch that video, it's just nostalgic of that time period, which was mm -hmm. really fun. And, before things felt more serious, I guess, you know what I mean? When I was still kind of figuring everything out. The salad days, right? Origin was after. Yeah, Origin yeah. was after. And you had last part in Origin. Yeah, I did. And that was a fun video part to film too, but that was a little more staggered. I had a lot more injury during that filming too, so it wasn't as like uh, consistently going on trips. Right. Okay, so Inhabitants was like your first big part then? Yeah, yeah, it was like my first major part. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, that was Stefan Ender in that one. Yeah, yeah, that's Switch of Quicker Grand. Gotta watch that Oof. whole video again. Yeah, switch flip crooks part. Damn, yeah. so sick. So apparently you have the gift of being able to skate after countless beers, cigarettes, weed. It doesn't matter. What's the loosest you've gotten a clip? What's oh, your I max level? Your max level of looseness? <laughs> yeah. How far can you I don't know. There's, uh, I can't think of like specific trick, but there's been, definitely been some times when I've been skating and, and been like, oh, I can't really see very good right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like kind of going off of you know feeling i guess you know you have like muscle memory you know for doing tricks so mm -hmm. um but most of the time like if i'm drinking and when i'm drinking and skating i'm sweating enough and i'm drinking like light beers that i'm not getting like hammered really it's just like yeah. i call i call them batteries they're just like something to give you a <laughs> little extra energy <laughs> through the session don't tell some of our friends that man yeah that's a classic <laughs> thing though out front of like a skate bar people trying to skate flat they're yeah. absolutely not coming close. Totally. Like, it's way worse. Tray. If, not even close. Yeah. It's way worse if you drink and then try and skate. But if you like are skating and drinking at the same yeah. time, it like kind of evens itself out. <laughs> so at what beer do you, is, is it one too many? At what number is one too many? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think there's like a number. It's more like if, uh, how I'm feeling, I guess, or the spot. Yeah. A little AAA battery. <laughs> Never hurts the sesh. Triple A, yeah. Get three or four and it's fine. Maybe six or ten is too many. I don't know. <laughs> That's a 12 volt. <coughs> you hitting round handrails after a couple triple A's starts to get sketchy, man. Yeah, that would be kind of sketchy for sure. Flying down <laughs> stuff after anything where you have to like catch your board and be precise. 
makes it harder. Mm-hmm. That little mellow line, it's chill. Yeah. Or some, some wall rides or, you know, some quarter pipe tricks. A board yeah. slide. Yeah, some board slides. So what was your candy intake like back in the day? Oof. Uh, I ate a lot of candy, sour gummies and shit. <laughs> Fucked my teeth up. Um, yeah, quite a bit. It, you know, I think just also just when you're young, a couple of things. I like wasn't allowed to have much sugar when I was a kid uh, because my parents were hippies. And so when I was like older, I just like rubber banded from that and just was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm going to eat all this sour gummies and candy Made bars. Made up for lost time. <laughs> kind of, you know. And then also, I mean, it's like a cheap way to fill yourself up. You know what I mean? When you're young and poor, it's like you can buy a bag of red vines for like a buck and that'll keep you not being hungry for a couple hours or, or like buy like a burrito for four dollars, you know what I mean? So it's just a cheap way to keep yourself going and taste good. And, but it fucks up your teeth. I have terrible teeth now. <laughs> Damn, yo, beers, weed, candy, burritos. Vices, yeah. Still yeah. popping out. Vices. So what's the what's your diet like these days? Is it turned around? Turned the corner? Yeah, I, I'm pretty healthy. I, I especially at home, I eat pretty healthily. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a, a a home Silas and like a tour Silas, <laughs> and that the the difference is is like beer intake basically. I, I I will have like a beer at night after dinner or something like that or with dinner, mm-hmm. or if I go out with some friends, I have a beer or two, but not a whole lot of drinking. I eat pretty healthy at home. We cook at home all the time. Pay attention to what we eat. I don't really eat any candy or sugar. or anything with like uh, refined sugar in it mm-hmm. and now we're like pretty and now that i'm a parent i'm pretty like strict with our diet for the kids and so they're probably gonna eat a shitload of sugar when they turn 18 <laughs> as well <laughs> hey this is the time when their yeah. bodies are growing and shit totally and i think that i mean as, as i get older i just understand like what food does to your body and how it really affects you and it's important to, and it, you know you're not as resilient as you get older so it's good to eat healthy and i take like some supplements and stuff and try and keep my body going mm-hmm. yeah that's what's up i i feel you like i was kind of similar when i was a kid my parents uh you know i I never had like those lunchables i always had some healthy ass shit but like <laughs> when you get to school you just feel like you have that boring lunch that no one wants and <laughs> i totally. just want everyone else's snacks but you thank your parents when you get older yeah, looking back now yeah yeah the, yeah what you eat when you're young is like the kind of uh eating habits you you cultivate when you get older you know what i mean so if you never eat like vegetables or good foods when you're young you never want you'll never like them when you get older yeah or you have to force yourself to i guess and then you get used to it thanks mom and dad (laughs) thanks mom and dad (laughs) can you tell us about the switch fairy oh yes the switch fairy (laughs) so the switch fairy comes on halloween night after the kids have gone and collected all their halloween candy um the kids put their baskets of candy underneath their bed and then the switch fairy comes and trades their candy for like books and apples and (laughs) healthy things and games or things that aren't candy basically yeah damn i thought it was gonna be switch skating but no no that's a that's a savage fairy right there (laughs) yeah yeah we also have a full moon fairy around here that comes on full moon nights and like leaves round shaped fruit in the kids shoes if they leave them out on the porch (laughs) <laughs> oh wow that's dope genius yeah. and what do you do yeah. with all the candy uh that goes on skate trips usually i usually bring it <laughs> oh. give, it, give it to people on skate trips dad of the year award yeah <laughs> the switch genius. fairy switch fairy we're gonna steal that man yeah it's pretty good i didn't i didn't I, we didn't make it up but we adopted it and how, how do the kids feel about it oh they're usually pretty soaked because they get to like they like make it's 
kind of like in Christmas where you like they like say what they want to get. They're like, oh, oh. I want the switcheria to bring me this these books or this game or something like that. And, and they haven't really eaten much candy ever in their life, so, so they don't really know. Matter. Yeah, and, and a lot of times when they go to birthday parties and they get like cake or cupcakes, it's like usually way too sweet for them anyway, so they're not super bummed about it. Yeah. So what kind of hobbies do you have outside of skating? We hear you're a pretty big fisherman. Uh, yeah, I like, I'm an outdoorsman, I guess. I like to go fish a lot. I, I like to hike and camp. and um, I've been snowboarding a lot this, summer, this winter. I've been snowboarding a ton, so that's really fun. Uh, I work in the yard, do like garden stuff around the house, that kind of stuff. But I fish a lot. Mostly I fish in like the summer and late summer and fall. It's kind of when I like to do it the most. In the winter, there's fish around, but it's so cold. And usually it's just like steelhead fishing, which is like a, a it's like a pretty disciplined practice because the fish are really skittish. And so a lot of people who go steelhead fishing spend all year, maybe catch like one fish, you know, so... And you're like in the cold and the rain, so it's not as much fun as in the in the summer and the fall. But we go we go salmon fishing a lot in the, in the fall, and then fish for trout and stuff in the summer. Yeah. Sick. Do you go hard when you're snowboarding, or you uh, keep I keep it mellow? pretty mellow. This this year, um, my son's eight eight now, so he's been getting into the last couple of years. And this year, he like can go down all the runs. So most of the time when I go, I go with like him with with family with my with my kids and my wife and stuff and. So it's pretty mellow when I go with them. But when I go with my friends, uh, I turn it up a little bit. Most of my friends are better than me, so <laughs> it's nice to try and yeah. trying to keep up, you know what I mean? But I don't really, like, hit the park because that shit kind of scares me. Like, those big jumps scare me. And the rails and boxes are kind of sketchy, too. But I like just all, like, the side hits and, like, jumping off drops or cliffs or little cliffs. Like, nothing big or anything. But it's this year has been so much fun because there's been so much snow that you kind of, like, can have a lot of confidence because if you like go off something big and you fall it's just like you're just in tons of snow so it's a little Mm -hmm. bit more forgiving but i would like to be able to like fly off cliffs and do giant (laughs) jumps and shit like that but i might be getting into a little late for that but we'll see yeah uh it's always funny seeing like gnarly skaters snowboarding because like it's weird that you could be gnarly because the average pro snowboarder is like so fucking gnarly compared to like like the shit they do Mm -hmm. But then when you see like you're you hit like crazy ass big rails, but then like you don't want to hit the little like park rails there. Exactly. It's like, so funny seeing the contrast. Yeah, like I go off like a little like a hit like a kicker or something like that, or like a little jump at snowboarding, and I go like 15 feet, and I'm like, oh my god, that's fucking humongous. And then you see like the pro snowboarders <laughs> are going like 150 feet, just like just fucking giant <laughs> three flips and a spin, and you're like, oh my god. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, snowboarding so. for me is super fun because you can just like go down the hill, do a bunch of little ollies and jumps and maybe like jump on a tree or something like, and then that's so fun, you know, and I don't have like high expectations for me. And it's like from the minute you start at the top to the minute you get to the bottom, you're just like having a good time and it's all like exciting. Yeah. Skating yeah. is super fun, but I have like the expectation of like doing a certain level of tricks and then you also mess up a lot more on a skateboard, you know, it's not as easy to land stuff because you're not strapped in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a different level of fun, but right now snowboarding is pretty fun for me. Last time I went, I went for one of those jumps and I hit it the wrong way. <laughs> My buddy thought the orange jacket guys were coming oh, up in man. the snowmobiles for me. Yeah, I can get sketchy really quick, you know, like you just not knowing how to fall is like the weirdest thing. Like you're on a skateboard, you fall all the time and you know how to like kick your board away and roll or whatever, you know, however you want yeah. to get away from It's like pretty minimal. You fall a lot, but it's not that bad but with snowboarding it's awkward to fall and usually you're higher than the air yeah mm-hmm. and you're gonna fall on your back or yeah. like where do you where you, you can't fall? run it out that's for yeah. sure 
I hate those falls when you like feel like you split your ass oh, open yeah. in two. <laughs> terrible. It's a classic snowboard bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's next for Silas Baxter Neal? I don't know. Uh, same old, same old. Skate, film, travel, figure out the next project. I don't know. I don't really have any like video that I'm filming for per se right now, but there's always stuff that comes up and the way I like to do is I just like to go skate and then go on trips and then accumulate stuff and then whatever happens, happens. I've been going on a lot of trips with Suchu yeah. lately. He, he's like filming a video part. So I've been kind of like following along with him. He always knows where to go and skates a lot of cool shit. So it's fun to go on trips with him. Even if there's no project, it doesn't hurt to have clips from yeah, uh, you get a head start on your next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's easier to do it like that, I think. And I can't really like just chill and do nothing. It's hard to do that. It's hard to like hang out and do nothing. I don't know what to do with myself and feel guilty. So go on trips. Yeah, stay, yep. stay busy. Try to, I, I might go to Australia maybe next month, maybe this month. I don't know. There's talk of a trip. Damn. So. Well, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. You're apparently unstoppable. Every time a new part comes, I'm like, I wonder if he's going to slow down. But no, the, the, your new control room part was fun. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. yeah. Try and do it as long as I can. It's fun. That's what's up. All right, favorite skater? Uh, Rick McCrank. Favorite video? Welcome to Hell. Favorite video part? Dana Renaud Mosaic. Favorite style? Uh, Stefan. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Andrew Reynolds or Jamie Thomas were the people that I like really looked up to as a kid. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Gustav Thomason. Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah, that's the first, but... <laughs> Crazy. Hell yeah. Or Day One Song, the other one. Sorry, there's True. two of them. True. Can't argue with that. Favorite trick? Backside 50-50s. Hardest trick for you, and I'm, I've been looking forward to this answer because it seems like you can do any trick. Uh, heel flips. What? <laughs> True. Frontside heel flips or regular heel flips are just, I, I suck at them. I can't do them. Manuals too. Manuals are terrible. I have those as well. <laughs> All right. Well, you just gave away your weakness if you're <laughs> ever in battle at the barracks. Yeah. You won't see me there. <laughs> <laughs> Most illegal trick? Most illegal trick? Pressure flutes, man. Ooh. <laughs> Get these things out of here. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, maybe the grind to grind, just because people had such a good response to it. People mm-hmm. were really stoked on it. Hell yeah. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? Fucking around at the, those crappy red and white ledges in Portland. I did 180 nose grind. But like backside nose grind, like indie grab. And that was pretty <laughs> sick. <laughs> and that wasn't filmed. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? Frontside wall ride kickflip out. Damn. Damn. On what? Uh, it was like a loading dock, like like a loading dock that had like a kicker at the end. And I was trying to like go to the wall, come out, but never did it. Tried yeah. fucking like eight times. Damn. What's the last new trick you learned? Uh, I just learned the other day. I did on a quarter pipe, cabalateral to frontside hurricane. Oh, so you so. go backside, like you switch backside and then cabalateral to frontside hurricane and then come back mm. in. Oh, damn, that's sick. Yeah, I was stoked on that one. What's your dream job after skating? A dream job after skateboarding would be to drive around and uh, explore, go camping and take photos or something. I don't know. I don't know if they have a job for that, but that's what I like to do. <laughs> National Geographics, man. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Favorite local brand? Freem. It's a beer company. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Favorite local skater? Mike Chin. Favorite teammate ever? Probably Stefan. He's a pretty awesome human. Worst teammate ever? At the time, probably Dana Renaud. He's probably awesome now, so I don't want to throw too much shade on him. But at the time, it sucked riding for the same company as him. <laughs> Worst company? Uh, Monster. <laughs> pretty much the worst company ever worst trend following trends is the worst trend like being like caring so much about trends is the worst trend being trendy in general yeah being trendy <laughs> is the worst trend yeah. basically like do your own shit be your own self quit doing what everybody else is doing worst style worst style but like terrible style kind of looks good sometimes too like yeah. Tori Pudwell looks crazy <laughs> Looks, look, hear me out. It looks crazy, but it's so unique and like so just him that it's, it's also just really, really sick, yeah. dude. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. It's like it doesn't look like the conventional idea of like a clean skater with like hands on the side or some shit. But he looks like himself, and he does really rad tricks, and he owns it, so it's awesome. Hmm. So I don't know. That's, that's that's a compliment and a diss, I guess. But it's <laughs> mostly right. meant to be a compliment. <laughs> I like Tori. He's a rad dude. So yeah, he bought me a beer once. Shout out Tori. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's tight. He's tight. I'm not trying to talk shit on him, but he's yeah. just original. No, no, original. It's original. Style. Maybe not worse. Not but. like some regular shit. Last person you want on the sesh? Tim O'Connor. Oh, oh. <laughs> he won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up our interview with Silas. Man, thanks a lot. Sick. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Shout out Tim O. We love you. Yeah, I, I love you too. Don't take that. Don't take that too personally. But sometimes you suck to be around. Welcome back to the post office. Brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about Kevin Spanky Long's brand new reserve shoe from America. The Spanky Reserve is inspired by Kevin's unique interests and versatile personal style. Through his eclectic mix of friends and absorbing different cultures while traveling and skating, the Spanky Reserve will take your style game to a whole new level. Y'all know what time it is. Let's get into these emails. You've got mail. All right, first off, we got an email from Alfonso Madrano. What up, boys? Longtime listener, first time caller, typer, I don't know. I don't know if you all follow the Nine Club with Chris Roberts, but they recently had Jason Jesse on the podcast and they talked to him about the controversy surrounding his name that was put on blast on the slap message board. There is an Iron Cross magazine interview where he was saying some whack ass racist shit about black people calling them the N word. He also had a swastika on his helmet on a photo shoot, on his jacket, and on his chopper bikes. I also heard that at a skate competition, he yelled at a black skater the N-word. Not sure if y'all have talked about this, but I would love to hear what the Ghost and Donovan think about Jason Jesse. And if you did listen to that episode on the Nine Club, do y'all think Chris did a good job interviewing Jason? One love punch unfortunately you know we got our own podcast thing going on over here so we're not really keeping up with the nine club the bunt keeps us more than busy but we think chris does a good job there's a couple we've listened to in the past he does his thing and as far as jason jesse goes we don't really know what's going on with that whole situation didn't follow it on the slap message boards didn't listen to the interview so tough to comment on all that but we ain't supporting none of that shit amen to that brother ain't got time for all that nonsense can't be dropping N-bombs out here. 
Moving right along, we got an email here from Quinn Toner. What's up, guys? Just listened to the Bradley Shepard episode, and during the rapid fire, he listed Pizza Skateboards and Frog Skateboards as the worst companies. I 100% agree that pizza has got to go, but Frog definitely knows what's up. Clearly, you guys don't when Donald said they were a Euro company. You guys should educate yourself with the Frog dudes. Frankie Decker, Chris Millick, Jesse Alba, Nick Mitchell, Pat G, etc. Maybe some of those names will ring a bell. I'm sure the fans would love an interview from some of these dudes, but Donald might have already fucked that up. Also, my coworker has been trying to talk down on Vans while he's skating New Balance, and I can't seem to set him straight. What are your guys' thoughts on New Balance? Quinn from Kelowna, BC. Donald, what do you have to say for yourself, man? Straight disrespect to the frog dudes. I fucked it up. But, you know, sometimes shit just slips. You forget what you're talking about. <laughs> Honest mistake. I got respect for the frog guys. Jesse Alba, love to have him on the show, man. Put some fucking respect on frog. I know. We've been disrespecting guys who don't deserve it this season. And our apologies. As far as New Balance versus Vans, I mean, I think... All you got to do is listen to the intro of every one of our goddamn episodes. They're the number one shoe in skateboarding, baby. It's not even close. That's what the fuck's really good. Vans all day, cuz. But got to give some love to New Balance. They be paying our man Brandon Westgate, you heard me? And Kawhi Leonard, man. Oh, true. Other than that, you got grandpas all over the world rocking New Balances. Good for your knees and hips and all that <laughs> shit. Real talk. All right, next up, we got an email from Scott Rutherford. Yo, there's definitely a connection between pushing Mongo and the kickflip sex change. It plagued me for the first year of skating. It was hell. I can't even remember my first kickflip because I wasn't doing them right at first. It must have something to do with the shoulders being open for the Mongo power push. And also, how do we get some of them premium Canadian Pilsners down here in the States? I'm telling you, I knew there was a connection. It's definitely the shoulders like you fucking yeah, open your sense, shoulders yeah. up every time to push you, you kick flip and you know when you're learning them you're scared to put your second foot down even if you don't body burial yeah like it only makes sense that like that fear would turn your body somehow i don't know it does make sense when you're always opening up front side yo the first kick flip i landed was two feet on the tail pointing up man the board was in a rocket <laughs> i wonder if uh those mongo dudes have good front side flips because of the shoulders always turning that way the homie Sean Pablo, he's more of a backside flipper though. But he push. Oh yeah. But Reynolds, he does the Mongo throwdown, best frontside flip of all time. More dots to connect, man. The conspiracy continues. As far as those fucking premium pilsners, yo, see, so you listening? The people want it, man. Make it happen. Cross them borders, dog. As for right now, I think it's just a Canadian thing. So pack your bags, head north, and come have a steamy with your boys. You diggy. All right, next up, we got an email from Johnny Purcell. Skaters, skater. When people talk about the skater, skater, a lot of people use names like Ashad Ware, Tiago Lemos, etc. But skaters, skaters should mean that skaters like them, but the general masses can't really appreciate it. Both of those dudes are so talented that the average non-skater can still appreciate it. Given this, who are some people you think of? Given this, who are some people you think of as being a skater skater? First off, shouts to you, Johnny. Love the email. This question is definitely one of those regional things where whoever you're growing up around, you know, the main dudes are gonna are gonna get extra love. For example, 
Paul Trepanier. Oh, damn. One of the best to ever do it. And he gets that love from Canadians who know what's up, but wasn't never really got the uh, international you know, fame to match his skill. Mm-hmm. So for me, I could say someone like Paul Trepp. You could say a Galia Mamalu, who Antoine Dixon has said many times is his favorite skater. But you have to be either a bit older or just you know have have that nerd knowledge to know that Galia is one of the best to ever do it at that kind of skateboarding in Nartech shit. It's easier to pick guys who aren't really in the game now, like a Scott Kane, where it's like those who know know and don't have don't have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. You could easily just say Travis Stanger, being from Canada, one of the all-time greats, could have been one of the best skaters ever. Definitely a skater skater. Another answer would be Hjalte Hallberg of Polar. I mean, he's getting a lot more shine now, but before Polar hit it big, you would have never known him. But he still keeps it kind of underground, so I'm going to go with Hjalte, Travis Stanger, and maybe I'll throw in some Vince Tuzeri too, but I mean, the guy's on Supreme now, so he's getting more shine than anyone. Oh, what's that kid's name with the with the, the Euro kid with the fucking Adidas? Kind of looks like he's dancing when he's skating. Oh, Hator De Silva, the new young kid. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like everyone is feeling his vibe these days. Definitely. Basically, for a skater, skater these days, if you have like thirty thousand Instagram followers or yeah, less, but nowadays. you're the shit. I don't know how many Bobby has these days, DeKaiser, but he's not, you know, some 200K barracks kid. No, but the but first, he's the best. yeah, definitely the best. But the first thing that came to mind when we heard Skater Skater, we were thinking some of the older Canadian guys, like you said, Galea, Paul Trepp, I was saying Travis Stanger, even Russ Milligan. Those are our Skater Skaters. Oh, and Russ I'm Milligan. Sure everyone's going to have a different answer to this question, right? Russ Milligan is the perfect mm-hmm. name. All right, and the last email we got this week coming from the one and only Cody Brown. There's only one man for this job. And if you know Cody, you know he keeps it short and sweet, so the email is just the same. (laughs) True or false, I heard there's a bunt video in the works. (laughs) Oh, yo, Cody trying to fucking take the cat out of the bag? He keeps his ear to the ground, man. He knows all the news. And uh, Cody, we think you're up to something, man. You smell what we're cooking, eh? Cody, if you smell what we're cooking, you know you better get your ass in the streets and get a couple clips for the Bunt video. That's all we got to say about that right now. Everybody, get filming. Bunt gang. Let's do it, baby. Every past guest and every one of our homies, you know what time it is. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Keep getting them emails into the buntlive at gmail.com. Only a couple weeks left, so let's hear what you got to say. You know what time it is. It's the Skateboard World source for sports. And the biggest news in the sports world this week is Antonio Brown has found himself a new home with the likes of that lunatic, Mr. Gruden. I feel two ways about this. Football-wise, I'm not that excited for him. He's 30. I was hoping to see him go to a win-now team. The Packers. Exactly. Instead, he's going to kind of a rebuild situation. And we all know how dramatic he can get when things aren't going his way and they're not winning. You know, right now it's all, you know, happiness and joy. He secured the bag of pain, but uh, we'll see when the season starts if he's still smiling. So, yeah, on the one side, I'm not hyped football wise as a fan, but 
on the human side i'm hyped for antonio brown it's good to see the top receiver be the top paid absolutely speaking of top paid securing the bag renegotiated his deal to a three-year deal worth 50 million dollars with some incentives to go even higher 30 million guaranteed the man got his money but i honestly don't think it was ever about the winning because he was just as crazy when they were winning as when they weren't the steelers have never been like a losing team sure they didn't do the greatest last year but even when they were in the playing championship games he was doing wild shit like going on facebook live and stuff he's just a live wire something that you got to deal with in the dressing room and i think more so than not it's worth it but unfortunately he's going to be catching passes from Derek carr which is not the easiest thing to do but overall definitely a win for the raiders they got a first round pick for amari cooper they acquired Martavis Bryant for a third round pick. So you're telling me that Antonio Brown's only worth a fifth round pick more than Martavis Bryant? Sounds like a good deal for me. Yeah, that's actually insane. I mean, part of it is the money. Obviously, Martavis Bryant isn't going to hit your cap like AB. But yeah, when you just look at it on paper like that, it's, it's kind of crazy. The trade market was flipped upside down in the NFL this year. And I think now more than ever, nobody knows what anything's worth. Golden Tate went for like what a second round pick Amari Cooper for a first round pick I feel like these guys are getting traded their values are being evaluated more so on their personalities what they bring to the dressing room than what they can do on the field uh, that's why you you might be able to get like the top team if you're willing to deal with the loose balls that's what I'm saying if you can if you can control their outbursts something that the New England Patriots are known for doing you know that Bill Belichick offered more than the third and a fifth for AB I was going to chirp and say, well, how was fucking Flash Gordon in the postseason? But they won the Super Bowl, so there's not much you can say. Yeah. What else you want him to do? I wish he stayed on the damn team. You know, he'd be a Super Bowl champ right now. I think he gets he a, a ring. He gets a ring for sure. But come on. You know, I think he has to play like five games or something. Yeah. Speaking of the Raiders, there's only one move left to make, and that's go out there and acquire yourself Le'Veon Bell. What are the odds, man? Who's their running back right now? Doug Martin? Yeah, it was yeah. a mix of Doug Martin and Jalen Richard, that uh, <laughs> fantasy two-headed monster right there. <laughs> yeah, they could definitely use my man Lev Bell. I still want to see him go to the Colts. The word on the street is uh, the Jets, I think. Hopefully that's not true. I, man, I love AB and Lev Bell. I just want to go see them in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? We'll see what happens. Moving right along and switching gears over to the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers have officially been eliminated. Well, not officially, but we all know what's happening. LeBron on a minute's limit, also willing to sit the second half of back-to-backs. Brandon Ingram done for the year. Lonzo Ball, they shutting his ass down too. <laughs> it's over for the Lakers, baby. And just like I predicted, the Clippers are holding on tight. Reggie, <clears throat> you know I'm a Lakers guy. I grew up a Lakers man. You're smiling over there, though. My hate for LeBron is stronger than my Laker loyalty. Once Kobe retired, you know, I had to take a hard look in the mirror and realized I have no loyalty to a franchise in L.A. Nope. I have loyalty to my sports hero, Kobe. Yep. And when my sports fucking villain piece of shit, LeBron cocky, locker room ruining piece of crap oh. went to that team, and now he's not making the playoffs. You know, nothing could make me happier. I love, but I just love how he still dominates the news cycle. And I just, I'm just curious to see how much we're still going to be hearing about LeBron every day in the playoffs. I've never seen someone's stock plummet so hard. 
It's just brutal. Come to the West, and this is what happens, man. Oh, I you wish you went to the West. You I wish he was stayed home, yo, dog. Yo, we talked they dogs out there. You should have stayed home. We talked about this off air, but this is just a pure LeBron haters take. If he was drafted in the West, he would not even be in the conversation of greatest of all time. He could still have been the best player in the league for all these years, but he would not have gone to the finals eight years in a row. Absolutely not. Like if you if you flip KD. If KD was drafted to the Cavs, like I said, Harden as well, or imagine. Harden, like, yeah, any of these dudes, like they'd the, experience that type of career as well in the Eastern Conference. The path to the finals most years was a joke. It was the yellow brick road, man. You're you just know? skipping on down there, headed to the finals. Yeah, once the Celtics kind of got old and went to the Nets and shit, I think after 2010 was the last time the Celtics had a dominant team. It was just a walk in the park. They had to go through a young Paul George. Mm -hmm. So getting to the finals with the Heat was a breeze. And then on the Cavs, fuck, what was the best team they faced? It was never real. They swept, the Raptors? They, dude, they swept the Hawks. The in Raptors? The yeah, the Raptors one year. With DeMar DeRozan. 4-2. They swept the Hawks another year. I think maybe the Bulls. I liked the Hawks year. that year. Was that when they had Aldridge and Millsap? Yeah. Ooh, I liked that team. No, you're thinking Horford and Millsap. Yeah. And yeah, that was when they had four All-Stars, Corver and Teague. Mm. I, I love that team, Ooh. the 61 team. But they, they were a regular season team. Yeah. I forget who the, the fourth year. But all we're trying to oh, say is it's over for you, LeBron. Yo. And we're still going to have to listen to you. But over here at the Bunt, just realize we get to pick our own news stories, man. So we might be leaving you out for the next couple months. Your sorry ass <laughs> cheering about passing MJ. Oh, man, get out of here. Get out of town. The real record is points per game. And with you on a minutes limit, and now you're going to start missing games too. Whew. This is this ain't looking good for you. And I used to love you, man. But you just switching teams too much. You're ruining dressing rooms. You think you're the goddamn general manager. Save that till you're retired, all right? Why don't you listen to a coach once or twice? <laughs> you know, the other team we didn't mention that they went through was last year, Celtics with no Kyrie. And yeah. Hayward. And it went to what, seven? How many games did it yeah, go to? Seven. Yo, welcome to the West, LeBron. Welcome to hell. You're going to be sitting your ass motherfucking down Woo! in a few weeks. Season's over. And another surprise upstart team, though, besides my Los Angeles Clippers, the number one team in LA. You, I got to give you mad respect on that. Yeah, I losing Tobias Harris, that was big, but I just, they, they seem like a deep team, man. No one's the greatest, but they got lots of guys that are willing to ball. Pat Bev had himself a hell of a week. He might uh, be the biggest star in LA basketball right now. Patrick the reason Bradley. I thought, well, obviously losing Tobias, but then also the fact that their pick, they got to keep, but then I heard mm -hmm. someone who, Ryan Hollins at ESPN, who used to play for the Clippers and works with them, does some commentating. He said that their pick gets carried over anyways or some shit to the, oh, really? to the next year. And that their owner, Steve Ballmer, is so competitive. He went on TNT and told Barkley and them, he's like, yeah, making the playoffs is our priority right now. He, he's Montrezl. That's the right kind of leader. That's mm -hmm. the right kind of owner. He, he ain't trying to fucking tank to get a fucking pick. Let's Fuck do this that. right now. Pat Bev talking shit to everybody. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Clippers. Pat Bev saying they're the best team in LA and then Woo! smacking the Lakers the next oh. two days later. Yo, he'd suck to play against. Oh, oh. You see what he locked Paul George down, got him to foul out oh, the other day. He would suck to All play against. Six fouls but as I choke. was saying, the other upstart team, the Memphis Grizzlies, got a couple of Raptors down there, you know, and it changes everything, baby. DeLon <laughs> Wright, he's doing his thing, coming off the bench, but it's big JV, baby. Are we going to miss him? Is this a trade we're going to regret? Let me put this together for you. We lose Kawhi. Marcus Gasol doesn't re-sign. 
JV gonna be doing his thing down there for years. We gonna miss him, or is it someone we can replace? Yo, honestly, it's weird because in our system, they kept him in in a, a specific role. Mm -hmm. I, he used to frustrate the hell out of me. He'd just be all slow and just not doing it for me. But yo, since he's been down there in the last month since going there, he's been averaging 18 and eight. I don't think he's ever had a stretch nope. like that on the Raptors. They're letting him do his thing. Obviously, like they're banged up. They traded their best player. So he's kind of got free reign to you know, He's taking step back jumpers. He's doing all yeah. kinds of crazy shit. I never saw him do with the Raptors. I'm happy for him. If you're going to lose, I feel like he wanted to be a Raptor for life. But if I you're going to leave, it's nice to see him blossom. Yeah. So so we're seeing Jonas Valanciunas unleashed down yeah. there in Memphis. And it's a sight for sore eyes, man. I always felt like we would include him in the game plan first and the first half of the second quarter. And then after that, we would always go away from JV, no matter if he started on fire or not. Real shit. Reggie, in the last three games, they just beat... Portland, Utah, and Orlando, all teams fighting for playoff positioning. Wow. They out here balling out of control. Mike Conley thought he might get shut down because they're tanking, but nah, he dropped 40 the other night. What a freak. On your boy Dame Lillard. Okay, easy, dog. <laughs> Speaking of Dame Lillard and possible MVP candidates, you know, I might throw Dame's hat in oh, the category. Relax, relax. You know what I mean? It's Dame time, baby. <laughs> but it was a three-man race, and now, unfortunately, it's dropped down to a two-man race. Paul George, untimely injury, missed a couple games. It's Giannis versus Harden, and who's it going to be? Reggie, let me just rewind it back. You're feeling a little too nice with your Clippers pick. I gave you your props, but now you got to realize when I called you a crackhead for picking <laughs> Paul George number one. There's only because he's hurt. If he had a kept playing, who knows, man? Yeah. I'm really, I'm really scared that there's something actually, like, since he's come back, he's been shooting like shit since he hurt his shoulder. Well, that's going to affect you, and then it gets in your head. You start thinking about it. That's the last thing you need. I heard Bill Simmons conspiracy theory that he has a torn rotator cuff and they just haven't oh hell announced no. it well bill goes crazy with the conspiracies but yeah. um You're just shooting for the stars yes yeah, i'm sad to see paul george out of the the conversation too he missed a week and now that he's not playing great two-headed so. race you know what time it is james harden man this, this is going to be one of those really really divisive years yeah because there's a whole bunch of people on either side I'm still on Team Giannis, but sometimes I'm just like, yo, the fact that they didn't have Capella and Chris Paul for all that time, and now they're third and in the West. And he's eating in the West, yeah, it might, like we said. I might be converting to Harden's side, but these la there's uh, four and a half weeks left, mm -hmm. something like that. So it's going to be a fun one. We'll keep you updated. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Keep sending them emails into thebuntlive at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, baby. And it's fantasy basketball playoffs time, so get your questions in. Shit, me and Donald might be have a collision course round two meeting if we can take care of business round one. There might not be an episode in two weeks. See you in the semis, baby. The beef's going to be too real. We're going to have to <laughs> cancel episode 11. <laughs>